hey dear, welcome to the start of season seven, seven episode spectacular. Silurians are first up. Doctor Who and the Silurians, I should say. Or just the Silurians, depending on who you ask. Uh, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, episode 52. What's it about, dear? Cool. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the Silurians, <laughs> sorry, I was I was lagging out a little bit there. Um, the Silurians, man, what an episode, Gam. <laughs> this is a dumb bit. The Silurians, we see a man climbing. What? <laughs> what? What just happened? I told you I was lagging out. Mentally. We actually... Oh, okay. I... What happens in the episode, do you... So... The Silurians. Um, a lot happens. Also, you spelt it wrong in your notes. Did I? Yes. You spelt it like celery. Okay, well... So we see a man climbing down a ladder with a miner. It's a cave with some make something making noise and they walk around and one guy goes around a corner and there's more growling and then Godzilla attacks him. And the other guy runs Go away. Mm-hmm. Good you. Yay. Yeah. Uh, the doctor is meanwhile working on a car named Bessie and Liz is like, yeah, sure. And Brigadier calls for them to join him somewhere and the doctor is like, no. And she's like, well, there's a cave. And he's like, ooh, a cave. So then they drive there and a man is talking to some other guys and a scientist about a problem. The brig leaves, meets up with the doctor. They're in the cave, which is in a a research center, which is in the cave. The person speaking is named Shaw, uh, but I call him Lab Coat for a while. And then they all do an introduce and they're trying to make a nuclear reactor that turns it Directly into electricity. Um, Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's powerful. Oh. Um. Ooh. 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 Uh, But everyone here is nervous because they're and has breakdowns uh, mood, and there's also leaks everywhere apparently, and the doctor seems to have lost his sonic screwdriver. And then he's told to walk around and look around. And then the brigadier comes him, tells him that someone inside here might be a mole or something, or like sabotaging it. And then the doctor goes see goes to see their reactor, which is also sort of a bomb. Liz gets a weird headache, wants to start on the files. There's a technician in the sick bay that's being kind of covered up. And then when given a log, he mentions that it's incomplete for some reason, and they're like well spencer was the one that was supposed to be taking the log right he's in the sick bay and he's like actually look here someone ripped out some pages um oh and then the doctor walks up to ask about spencer and they're like uh no don't and then he's like well i'm with unit so go fuck yourself and they're like okay well sure 
apparently seeing him is at his own risk and he's drawing on the walls. Um, and then the doctor tries to talk to him and the dude tries to fucking strangle him. But he does calm down. Um, oh, thank God. Apparently his mind is gone back millions of years, so to speak, into a state of fear. And a machine isn't working, so someone goes to check on it. And then also the main guy and lady are talking amongst themselves about things they know and how they should stop stuff. And they're in on it. The, oh. the <laughs> Yeah. The knowledge guy gains is worth... Uh, the the knowledge the guy gains is worth any risk, apparently, to him. And the doctor comes back to talk to the brigadier, mentions he's really worried. They do more tests, the proton accelerations, and we see a guy who just, like, zones out for a bit. Mood. And a brig doesn't <laughs> believe that the... Like I said, I zoned out. I lagged out. We're good. Um, the brig doesn't believe that that one guy's drawings are enough evidence but then a power failure happens, and everyone's in the main room trying to take care of it. The zone-out guy from earlier has, like, a whole moment and doesn't want to shut down the reactor. And then the doctor takes over, shuts it down, and but the dude, like, tries to choke a lady. Everyone who Hell went yeah. crazy I mean... was in this main room, and it made them feel terror, which is something. Um, and then everyone... Just like, well, everything leads to the caves, and the report of this dead guy seems to nod up, so into the caves we go. And he finds, uh, the doctor finds a hammer, and a rope, and a wrench, and a candlestick, and a knife, and a gun, and- Butcher, a baker, a captain, Marianne too. Colonel Mustard? Mrs. Plum. The library. The yeah, exactly. Pie. Yeah. Um, also, there's Sonic a lizard. There's a big weird oh, Godzilla yeah, lizard. lizard. Um, oh, okay. And then that's the episode. It attacks him. That's the episode. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Does it die? Well, we don't know. It just attacks him. Oh, okay. So, this story... Uh, the... This story came out, the title of this story, Doctor Who and the Silurians, came about because most of the scripts up to the point were titled, like, Doctor Who and the, and then the title. Um, while the Doctor Who and the was ordinarily, ordinarily left off the titles, uh, for some reason there was a miscommunication and it was left on, uh, on the titles for this one. Uh, this is the only episode ever to retain the titles. Which is why it's weirdly, like, you look at the DVD and it'll say uh, Doctor Who and the Silurians, not just the Silurians. Although, some people just call it straight up the Silurians or whatever, but... Yeah. Eh, I don't care. Um, they decided after this episode to avoid it in the future, avoid it happening again. Uh, Doctor Who and The was left off the scripts. Um, however, the practice was retained for the, the book novelizations of the episodes that they had. So if you look at the book novelizations, it'll always say, like... Doctor Who and the blank. Um, mm -hmm. Although, for some reason, when they adapted this story to book, they chose a completely different title for it. I think they called it Doctor Who and the Monsters or something, or the Cave or something, because uh, that was one of the other working titles that they had for this. Um, also, this episode is the f first time that we get to meet Bessie. 
Uh-huh. Uh, Deer was... I, I remember you being upset that he didn't get to keep the car last episode. Yep. And I was like, oh, well, that's a shame. But now he's got his own car. Uh, Bessie with the license plate Who Won. Um, unfortunately, that's not its real license plate because someone had already taken it. Um, the real li- license plate for it was uh, MTR5. Uh, so what they actually did was they made special Who Won number plates and put it on the car when it was filmed on private ground or on public highways when they had permission from the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to... So. Now, you're gonna love Bessie. Bessie, Bessie is the long-forgotten third companion. Um, <laughs> more yeah. important than... More important than uh, the Brigadier, honestly. Uh-huh. Uh, what happens in episode two, dear? Um, well, it lizards around a bunch and then just leaves. And then the doctor follows it and he's like, ooh, look, footprints. And then he goes back up and the brigadier is upset that the doctor left. Everyone has a conversation and then the doctor shows up again. Um, everything is going great. Okay, totally, totally great. And the main room and the lab coat and suit are, dude, are arguing about it. And everyone's really happy here. Uh, the doctor's lost, though. That's good. Um, the doctor thinks it's a dinosaur, though, and they want to find it. And Liz wants to go, but she's a lady, so she can't go. But when they go back in, apparently the footprint's gone. Some men run up and sh- go shoot something, but then the Godzilla attacks them, and everyone finds his body. Another guy oh. is sent ahead to look around, and they're like, "Huh, that's weird. The gun was bent. And then the doctor takes some of the blood he found uh, and the rest go after the thing that ran away, and we see uh, a thing crawling around and breathing, and Doctor and Liz are looking at some large reptile blood, apparently, and the Brig's back, and they lost the thing they were chasing, and the the Brigadier's missing the point that apparently the big lizard was called off before harm was done, and a small, intelligent kind might control the bigger kind, and then Mate. the breathing thing is wandering around and falls asleep in a barn full of hay. Ooh, comfy. And then Ooh. Lab Coat, a.k.a. Come Quinn, has apparently disappeared and Suit is very angry about it. Lady is very uh, obviously trying to cover for him and he's apparently in his cottage somewhere. The doctor also wants to talk to him, uh, but Lab Coat's actually in the mine and he gets a like red light, which makes him like forcibly walk through this door and then he w- sits in this weird leading chair, and then he's being talked to by something in the wall, and they're taking power from the cyclotron, and it's fucking shit up, but they're trading power for info or something. And then, meanwhile, in the barn, the farmer's waking up, and then they find a weird thing in the hay, and he's like, "Oi!" wife come here look at this and she's like oh and then she finds out that he's dead and she screams and then suit comes in to talk to the brigadier about how he's angry that they're there basically like uh, that uh that that uh what are they called sail no uh nope uh unit you said that unit. unit is there. Yeah. Do you remember what unit stands for? No. What does it stand for, Gim? United Nations Intelligence Task Force. Amazing. 
Um, the doctor comes back and mentions that there's nothing wrong with the machine. He wants to close the entire place down. Suit doesn't want to do it because it's his job, but no one's supposed to know that. Call comes in about the farmer. They go to check it out. Apparently he died of a heart attack slash fear. And the doctor and Liz and Brigadier go to check on it. And the doctor draws something on a piece of paper, shows it to the wife, and she's like, Ah, oh, it was that thing! It's still in the barn! And Liz is still in the barn doing forensics. And she gets thrown to the side. And then there's a taxi, and it kind of looks like it's at the barn. Uh, but it's kind of also not. It's, like, weird. Um, the, so the thing locks the door. Labcoat oh. and Lady are together. They're talking about someone getting hurt. Labcoat thinks that the thing is uh, here, and the crew is crying, trying, trying, crying to trying. get into the barn to check on Liz. She's okay, uh, but they check the place and there's nothing here because it busted through a hole in the back. Uh, Liz says she saw it, uh, which is weird, but then Labcoat comes in and he's like, yeah, I was just passing by. I saw some police. I stopped here. And they're like, uh-huh. And then Liz is like, huh, his cottage is, like, way out of the way from here. Like, why would he stop here? That's impossible. That's dumb. Um, Quinn pulls over on the road, tries the device he was given by the wall to make the thing come to him so he could bring it back. And it makes the dogs freak out. And a helicopter spots him, too. Apparently Ooh. everyone actually heard the noise, so everybody, like, heads that way. Labcoat stops again later on the road, more beeping, really fucking annoying beeping, and the thing comes out of the woods. And then the doctor and the brigadier follow it, and they find footprints and tire tracks, and like, okay, well, it's gone. Uh, Labcoat is in his cottage now, and the doctor stops by to ask a few questions, and barges in. And he's like, hmm, it's hot in here, weird, like, this is kind of like a reptile house in a zoo, and he's like, what the fuck did you just say? And then the doctor leaves, and then the doctor and Liz are trying to find out more about Labcoat, and then they find a weird globe that looks sciency, but not like Earth, and ooh, what could this be? All the continents are kind of close together. Ooh. All the continents close together. It's weird, though. Um, and also... The lady comes in to yell at them, but then she almost cracks and to tell them what was happening. But then the brigadier walks in and she's like, nah, fuck you, I'm not talking. And then there's going to be a full-scale search of the caves. So the doctor goes to Labcoat's cottage, but apparently Labcoat is dead. And the doctor takes his communication thingy and calls it and it walks in the room. And yep. yeah. And then... That's the episode. And oh, oh, oh! So the doctor's dead. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, okay. Um. Do you want some information? Sure. So this episode was written by Malcolm Hulk. That name won't sound familiar to you because you'll have forgotten him. Uh, but he wrote and uh, he contrib contributed. Mainly to uh, the Faceless Ones, if you remember that story about uh, with Ben and Polly and Jamie in the airport with the 
people with no faces stealing mm-hmm. people so they could steal faces. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, which some consider the first real invaders from space in contemporary Britain sort of story. Um, and also he contributed to the War Games, which has aliens abducting humans and a lot of stuff in a lab with a, an amoral scientist. Um, he kind of famously said, with the script editor and the producer, sort of like, now that you've got the Doctor stranded on Earth, there's only two types of stories that can exist. A mad scientist, or a- a- aliens invading. And they, they um, part of the reason uh, Terence Dix, who was the script editor at the time, uh, essentially said, I'm wanting to, I'm, I'm, I want I want to stick to this though, because I want to prove him wrong. I want to prove that there are stories we can tell that are not just those two. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that. They do it pretty decently. Um, but uh, he went to Malcolm Hulk and was like, "What do we do?" And Malcolm Hulk just responded simply, "With dinosaur men want their planet back." <laughs> mm. And essentially, the entire premise for the for the episode is just, "What if the aliens?" aren't aliens, they were here all along, and we're the aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which this episode delves into a little bit. Um, they then te- basically remake this episode in the new series. Um, almost completely. Um, but, I mean, oh well. Um, but, yeah, what happens in the next episode, dear? Um, it's real short, because uh, it's a lot of just like very basic stuff that could be summarized. The doctor shakes its hand and it's confused, and they try to. Well, have a- okay, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta start it with like we start off with this cliffhanger of like the doctor looks so scared at the end of the last episode. It's like, oh no, it's gonna kill him, and then this one starts with like the 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 recap of what just happened in the cliffhanger, and then it immediately cuts to him just going from scared to be like, well, hello there, do you want to shake my hand? <laughs> Basically, he like doesn't get he like calms it down and he's like i'm not trying to hurt you it's okay like i'm friend and they're like okay well i'm here to help here let me shake your hand and it's really confused but it understands him but then it runs away when there's a car that pulls up does that work Mm -hmm. for you yes it does okay uh meanwhile the major who was with the brigadier who's very upset about the fact that he has his arm sprained and the brigadier isn't letting him work, um, knocks a guard out and makes a run for it with his tiny maps from the health area. The, 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 uh, uh, potato brain. Um, that's a weird thing. I have you okay? potato. I have potato. No, I have potatoes for brains. I have ma- my brain is just like mashed potatoes. It's not even like warm mashed potatoes. It's like old, like stodgy mashed potatoes. <sighs> okay, but why do you have mashed potatoes? Because my brain isn't like a normal brain. It's like if your brain was okay, like a but- good baked potato, mine is just like smushed, gross, stodgy potatoes. Dear, you're deflecting. Because I can't think of the word! What are you trying to think of? The medical area. Sick bay? Yes. Lab? Uh, yeah, sure. The sick bay. He runs, up, he runs out of it because he's been making tiny maps while in the sick bay trying to get his arm to heal. <sighs> you forgot the word sick bay. Yes! Okay. 
The word that was coming to mind was nurse's station, but I know that wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> like, nurse's in, station. like in fucking elementary school. Oh my god. What? We would call it the nurse's station or the nurse's office. Of course you would. Um, uh, they'll find them in the cave, though, so it's fine if they launch an assault. Uh, meanwhile, a man in the caves gets caught in some bubbles. It's the major. And some fishmen? Fish dinosaur men beep at him? Fishmen. It is the <laughs> worst beeping noise fucking ever. Oh my yeah, god. It is. It's really bad. Liz comes with him uh, using forcible words to make it happen. And they're going to follow the major's path. So the doctor and Liz go down there, almost walk through the bubbles, stop before they do. And they're like, ooh, that's interesting, bubbles. But it's also really hot down here, almost like a reptile house. And then they find a doorway and Liz walks up to it and the door's really hot, but they need to get inside. So they use their communicator thingy that they took off of What's-His-Face's dead body. Um, and the door opens. And oh. then they go inside and they see the Major in a cage and they go talk to him. And they're like, they're asking so many questions about Earth. Like, you gotta kill him. And the doctor then tries to leave and keeps getting almost caught. A T-Rex at one point tries to come after him. And then a power surge is happening at the base, so that sucks. Meanwhile, a suit and a guy are talking about stuff that's happening. And the doctor comes in and asks, hey, was there a power surge? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. And they're like, wait, why? And then he explains that they're trying to, like, revive their dudes, but they don't have the power, so they use the the, the reactor's power. <sighs> um, Major's being asked more questions about Earth. He doesn't answer some of them. They get angry. The doctor just wants to go talk to them. Uh, Unit doesn't want to do that. But then the lady comes in and talks about how lab coat is dead. She also wants to go kill them, obviously. So the doctor is like, I'm just going to go into the cave and talk to them. But he's put into a cage. And then he wants them to meet the soldiers in peace. And the lizard's like, no, this is actually our planet. Um, one of them says that he destroyed the humans. And that were coming, like, down to get him, and then, like, kills the doctor in the cage. And then that's oh, the episode. No. Yeah. Don't you just hate it when you're dead? There's so many fucking cliffhangers where he just quote-unquote dies. Yeah. One day I really, really want to do, like, just a supercut of all the- I, I mean, wait till we get to the 80s. It gets even more hammy <sighs> with the fucking doctor dies. It's amazing. Um, I really want to do, like, a supercut of just, like, all the cliffhangers in Doctor Who. It'll be hilarious. Um, so, the Silurians. Let's talk about the design of their, uh, outfits, shall we? They had small electric bulbs operated by 12-volt batteries built into the headpieces so they could do the third eye thingy. Uh, the actors' tongues would push plastic pegs and thereby work their mouthpieces time to pre-recorded dialogue by the voice actor. Uh, a trial version of the voice effect was tried with a different uh, with uh, a different voice actor, um, but um, it didn't go ahead with it. Uh, but <laughs> the real funny thing, mm -hmm. um, you know that that backdrop of the the dinosaur. Yeah. How it looks very, very good effect. Very um, real. So after 
Only after a day spent shooting a man in a dinosaur suit against a CSO backdrop, so they could uh, cut it in, essentially, uh, did the production team realise they could have just used a bloody puppet. Uh, ironically, this is why the dinosaur looks halfway decent uh, <laughs> compared to other stories in future. Um, an assistant in the visual effects team, um, one Bertram Colicott, toiled in the suit with oxygen fed to him through a tube uh, by another person who built the costume. Um, uh, the the funny thing is, Colicott's Colicott's uh, character, quote-unquote, is listed in the script as Bertram, the friendly monster, himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to learn a lot, especially as we hit the, the, the late 70s and 80s, stories about, like, the production team, like, uh, uh, basically bodging it as they go along. Wait till we get to the accidental penis monster. <laughs> Oh boy. That's going to be fun. That's in 1980. Yeah. Uh, but what happens in the next episode, dude? I've kind of seen some of that. It's real fun. I think I've shown you the penis monster because it's a hilarious edit. Yeah. What happens in the next I episode? I don't dude? like it. I don't like what? it. <sighs> <sighs> so the dude is stopped before he can kill the doctor because, of course. And then two of them are arguing about who they should be killing, and then the soldier nearby uh, are trying to get through the wall, but they're trapped inside and are running out of oxygen. Suit is being upset again. Call comes in about losing the brigadier. The doctor again tries, and the major tries to stop him and from talking, and he gets assaulted by the major. And then the doctors let out so they can talk, and the soldiers are now starting to feel that whole fear thing, which is fun. Meanwhile, the lizards are talking about the humans and how they work. One thinks they're apes yeah, and they're shitty. Listen, listen. I know they call humans apes, but can you not call them lizards? Can you call them Silurians? No. I mean, you're just feeding into the episode's fucking moral dilemma right now. More unit and lady and suit arguing about wanting to kill everybody. Oh boy. Apparently the lizards are prepared for the atmosphere being destroyed by being down here because a planet was, or like a rock or something was supposed to be coming towards Earth and fucking it up and killing mm -hmm. its atmosphere. But actually it just became the moon. And then the hibernation stuff also got fucked up. Uh, but the research center that was built here gave them enough power to fucking reanimate. And if they live in some of the places with extreme heat, though, they'll be fine because humans can't live there. And they're like, okay, well, then what do we do? And the doctor's like, release the prisoners and we can try to make this work. And a man in the cave with the soldiers is going crazy, tries to assault a dude. Uh, one of the lizards disagrees with everything the leader says and wants to destroy everything and start a coop. And he does. Coop. He he does start a coup. Sorry, I don't. He does I start a chicken coop. Yes, yes, I know. Uh -huh. Listen, it's spelled like that. <sighs> can't, can't. Just Listen, come just after just me. just have your dinner. Have a nice bowl of soup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they have this thing in a vial that's 
supposedly killed all the apes back in their time. So they're going to use it so that they can basically, like, take over the world again, kind of, again. I don't know. Take um, back the world. Yeah. It's also take over. It's weird. I don't know. Anyway, um, <clears throat> he doesn't, he, they like basically want to test it on the major and he just fucking like runs, but doesn't get away. And they're like, let's use him as a lab rat. And then the doctor gets locked in a room and told to wait there by the leader. And the major is sent back out apparently uh, for being a good boy. And he's good with whatever's happening and heads back upstairs. Meanwhile, the doctor looks at some pretty pictures until the leader comes back to warn the doctor about what happened. And he gives him the disease like, hey, find a cure quick. And then the major comes up and is talking to the brig about how the doctor betrayed everybody and says he needs to be killed along with all the fucking Salorians. And then he says, uh, the doctor comes up and he's like, stay away from that dude. He's really sick. And then he's like, look at your wrist. And he's like, oh no, I'm sick. Meanwhile, the lizards kill their leader. So time to kill everybody, I guess. Yay. Suit is oh. still upset. And the dude is like, I'm going to head back to London and go to... <coughs> Fuck, I'm sorry. Having no water sucks. Um, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I am literally in an environmental crisis. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> God damn. Um, but the dude that's leaving to go to London kind of feels weirdly ill. But then he's like, nah, I'm good. And he leaves. Uh, but then we find out that the major ran away while sick. So the doctor and the brigadier are running after him and he uh, drops dead. And they're like, oh, he's dead. And that's the episode. Hooray, everyone's dead. Yes. Hooray. Yes. So, uh, this episode is the start of um, a very, very interesting period of Doctor Who. Um, uh, they wanted to continue the fact that Doctor Who would be grounded in science, um, but the, 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 the point that I believe, I can't remember if it was Barry Little, Terrence Dix always said, but it's like, to them, the science is, so long as the science is plausible, that's all that matters. Like, it, they're not going hard into science. They just want the science to be plausible so it's not coming off as magic. The only time science ever comes off as magic is when it's, like, aliens using science that sometimes, like, they veer a little bit too close to making it magical. Yeah. Um, but this starts a period of Doctor Who where they go, we don't just want interesting stories, we want interesting stories with a message. Um, because it was... I, I can't remember if it was Barry Letts or Terence Dix. Both of them worked together quite a lot. Um, they were of the belief that a good story is one that has a message. If you want a story to last, it needs to have a message in it. Um, doesn't particularly matter what the message is, but so long as there is a message that people can talk about, then the story will last a long time. Um, so, as you can tell, you've probably figured it out already, if you haven't already. This one is... 
bathed in a lot of separate issues. Um, Don't say. Chief of which, chief of which being, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> chief of which being colonialism. Um, essentially, uh, the the entire point of this story is just, uh, what if what Britain did to other countries ends up happening to Britain? Um, yeah, where a a, a quote unquote superior people. Uh, with uh, more powerful weaponry, essentially want to claim your land. Um, what happens? It's like basically England gets a taste of its own medicine. But also, this story is kind of revolutionary in another way, in that it all the bureaucrats in this and through a lot of the seventies are kind of self-interested. Uh, they 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 don't they don't sort of uh. Weirdly enough, it's a more modern take of a politician or a bureaucrat, where it's like they only care about their own interests, they don't care about, you know, working for the people. Um, Whereas back then, it's sort of like, politicians had a sort of air of uh, professionalism about them, and and, uh, you wouldn't make fun of a politician. They're (laughs) serious, they're there to do the job, um, with their top hats, bowler hats and shit. Uh, And uh, it wasn't really until, like, I believe Yes Minister. A, 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 I don't know if you've ever heard of Yes Minister. No. Um, essentially, a, a comedy uh, sitcom of uh, essentially a, a member of Parliament uh, and bumbling buffoon type comedy, uh, where it essentially put politicians in the spotlight to be made fun of and to realize, help people realize that actually they are just real people and most of them are just out for their own interests. Um, but this sort of era of Doctor Who kind of was a little bit controversial because of that, because it was ahead of the game of that, and it was like, hang on a minute, why are you treating these bureaucrats and these politicians kind of like they don't care about their country, they only care about themselves? Like, you've got the the scientists only really out to sort of uh, quest for knowledge for themselves, and they don't really care what it's going to do to everyone else. You have the 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 director of the project like not caring what's going on up to the point where it gets a little bit too close to home with modern stuff and his denial of certain things and it's like he's just he just cares about his project it's his project he doesn't care what happens mm-hmm. to everyone else yeah um, but yeah it's a what I like to call the seventies. Uh, <laughs> left-wing politics era of Doctor Who, but shh, it's not, don't, don't tell the BBC it's left-wing, even though the majority of the people who worked behind the scenes on the show <laughs> around this time were really radically left-wing, but shh, because they're not meant to have a political message in their stories. Um, uh-huh. Because the BBC has a strict policy about, uh, uh, you can't actively, um, like, for instance, they couldn't have a story about like, have a story that is Margaret Thatcher, because the BBC is meant to be impartial with those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, like, you couldn't have the Labour Party or the or the uh, the, the Tories. You, you would only have the government or maybe the opposition if, if they're really feeling like they can risk it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Doctor Who in the 70s skirts the line a lot, and in the 80s, actually, there's one episode where they literally have a character that is just straight up Margaret Thatcher, and <laughs> uh, no one noticed until, like, the 2000s, when it was like, like, the BBC was like, oh, we've got no news this week. What can we do? What sort of thing can we, out- like, bring up to outrage people? And it's like, hey, there's an episode of Doctor Who in, like, 1986 that, like, 
It's literally Margaret Thatcher, and the BBC shouldn't isn't meant to have like be political like that. Do we want to complain about that? That'll get people outraged. Yeah, sure. And it's <laughs> fucking hilarious because like <laughs> the eight, like you have the seventies political era of Doctor Who where they uh, they are very aware that they cannot break certain rules and they're like subtle and they're like we're not really about like overt political messages were more about underlying ones about like colonialism and indigenous land rights and sort of uh environmentalism the that one definitely comes up but then the 80s writers come along and they're like fuck it we're gonna do a story about margaret thatcher like like overtly just saying it in behind the scenes footage just like yeah no this character is just margaret thatcher like i i wanted to write a story with margaret thatcher is the enemy um but yeah, what, I've, I've rambled. What's in the next episode, dear? Um, a actual doctor runs up, tries to help, uh, but then he's shoot off whoa, with whoa, the whoa. fucking gun. Whoa, are you saying the doctor is not a doctor? I'm saying the doctor's not a doctor. Whoa. I'll have you know, he got his degree in Glasgow in, like, the 1800s. And the doctor goes back if- to the base. <laughs> and Liz also gives the doctor a shot because he's been exposed. But she goes and she's like giving everybody like basic antibiotic shots just to help as much as they can. The brig comes in and now it's time to try and find a cure. Doctor chases him off. He's like, go away. I'm busy. And Liz is wanting to stay with the doctor and help, but they possibly need to quarantine a whole train. So they send her off. Uh, Too bad this dude that is going to London is touching thousands of people. And infecting oh. millions literally on a fucking train. <sighs> and the doctor is still trying really hard and the brig keeps fucking up shit. And meanwhile, the lizards are dealing with the body of the dead leader and putting it somewhere. They're worried, however, that the doctor is going to figure out the cure because he's smart. Um, Suit then comes in to talk to Liz, saying that Brig needs to hear his complaint and that he's an anti-vaxxer. And then the brigadier comes in, and <sighs> everyone's stressed out. Listen, we need to be worried about the economy, dear. <sighs> we then start to see people getting sick, and a guy in the mine is trying to wait it out for the lizards. And he calls in, going, hey, they're here, but then he gets killed. And they want to go after him. They find him dead. One guy gets away, one guy gets killed, tries to shoot the lizard boy. Uh, there's a whole thing happening. The doctor apparently gets one of every single drug. Every drug! So that they can try oh. them all on this disease. A uh, montage of people dying. More montage of that one dude running around getting everyone sick and then getting caught and possibly dying. Uh, the first drug the doctor tries doesn't work. The brigadier is on the phone. Things are happening. The doctor keeps going. There's only 40 drugs left. Liz suggests add this, that, this. And then we realize that she's kind of sick now. Time to go get her shot again. Yay! Um, Second shot time. The the doctor's absolutely fine, actually, though. (laughs) The defector. Yeah, the doctor's fine, though, actually. Uh, He's not. And then the suit guy comes in and he's really, really sick. Attacks the brigadier, but then dies. But then the doctor's like, I found the cure! And the lizards are going through the rock uh, in near the base to make a sneak attack. And they test the cure. And the cure works. And now time to make it in mass. Uh, the lizards are now attacking, though, while the doctor has to write down the formula. The lizards are breaking into the labbed area. 
And then they try to kill the doctor again. Yay! Oh. That's the episode. It is Hell a, yeah. Murder. It is a fucking ridiculous amount of, like, every single fucking cliffhanger is the doctor dying. Listen, they... They they were thinking too much about how to make this story not just aliens invade to uh-huh. to not put every cliffhanger be the doctor. Wait, hang on. Some of them are Liz nearly dies. Uh huh. Not all of them. Keep fucking just talking. Fucking... Okay, whatever. We're almost done. Um, Come on. Wow. Okay. Wow. <sighs> so. There's actually, if you looked very close and you understood, if you knew who these people were and what they looked like, uh, there are actually non-speaking cameos by members of the production team, including Barry Letts uh, and uh, Terence Dix. Um, If I remember right, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They they were both railway passengers in the train scene. And also Trevor Ray was the ticket collector struck down by the Solarian Bacteria. Um, also, that was filmed at an actual uh, station. Marlbone Station. Um, although Barry Letts was kind of unhappy with this, because he felt like it deprived actors of work, so like he, he didn't want to deprive actors of work, like even having like fun little cameos of like the production staff, so he's like, no, we're not going to have more cameos like that in the future. Like, this is the only one. Like, come on, we don't want to deprive actors. Uh, let, let, let the actors do the acting, we'll do the producing and stuff. Which I, I think is fine. Personally, I think, like, little cameos here and there are completely fine. Like, if they had, like, speaking roles, yeah, I'd completely agree, but it's, like, little little tiny roles here and there. It's, yeah. it's fine. Um, but, uh, you'll, you'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll set this up now, so I'll say a little bit after the next, the, the final episode. Um, uh, you'll note that this is, this is one of the episodes that I point to when I'm, like, Doctor Who's history has surprisingly held up pretty well um, in certain areas uh, because the entire point of this episode is you've got these two factions. You've got the Silurians and you've got the humans. And within the humans, you've got the Doctor and Liz and then you've got uh, sort of the the scientists and the military. Mm -hmm. And the scientists and the military, all they want to do is just kill the Silurians. And uh, you want... uh, Silurians want to take back the world because it's theirs. They've woken up and they're like, hey, what are these apes doing? Like, uh, it's our planet. We're just going to take it back. Fuck it. Kill them all. Um, and the doctor's like, hey, maybe you can try living together? And the Silurians are like, you know what? If you can convince them, sure. But then the Silurians have a breakdown of command and then the humans have a breakdown of command because they, they see them too much as a threat. Um, And that leads into certain things. But the way the episode is sort of framed is that the Doctor's point of view is always proven to be correct. It's never proven like, oh, the Doctor saw this, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, the military were correct and the Silurians just wanted to kill us all and there was no hope at all. So really, the Doctor was foolish to have this utopian idea of Mm -hmm. peace. Uh, We we must be strong as an empire. Um, No, the Doctor is completely right and the show frames him as correct. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that as we get further in and finish the episode. <laughs> what happens in the next one? Um, so they're dragging the doctor's body around and using their brain power to recreate walls to hide themselves. Everyone's really impatient on the phone, though. Um, 
And so that's kind of shitty. And they're like, no, don't bother the doctor. And then a guard finds the dead guard that tried to stop them. And Liz is like, oh, no, and runs to the lab, grabs all the papers. She doesn't know which one it is, though. Um, and she's, like, trying to figure it out. And they're like, oh, we should go try to figure out if the doctor got taken or what we can do. And then she's like, oh, it's this crumpled up one. And she opens it up and it's the cure. And she, like, calls it in. And then all the lizards are questioning the doctor and they learn that there's a cure. Well, time to go uh, into the caves to get the doctor. But so they're going to use their second plan. And I believe their second plan is that they're going to make the doctor take them to the center of the reactor so that they can heat up and quote-unquote microwave the planet to get rid of... It's the belt? I forget what belt it is. Um, it's basically the radiation belt around the Life Earth. that No, it's the radiation belt around the Earth that basically like lets people survive. Um, Leather belt? Liz figures out that they're trying to probably break it to the center. Uh, the brig needs to go upstairs, though, but there's no power. But just as they try that, uh, they're gonna melt down the wall again, and the doctor is out in front, and he's like, no, don't shoot! And then someone tries to shoot, and then they kill him. So everybody heads up to the generator, and they basically are going to microwave the planet, so they need power. They also want to revive everybody, so they need a lot of power. And then the Ooh. doctor's like, okay, you know what? Come with me. I have a plan. So he starts setting up stuff. And when he gets a second, he tells Liz, hey, we're going to Chernobyl this shit, basically. <laughs> like, actually, that's kind of what they did. Um, the dispenser gets blown up and the reactor is, like, all Which fucked up. happened by then, do I know, but they basically put all the the uranium rods in at once, like, really quickly, which made it fuck up. Um, the Do you want, you want to know a fun fact? <laughs> Chernobyl was 16 years after this. Hmm. That's, that's how long ago this was. Yeah. This episode is 51 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I'm old. Um, the dispenser gets blown up, the reactor's all fucked up, the controls blow up, there's nothing they can do. And so the lizards are like, we're gonna go hide in the base and wait for the radiation to go away. Ha ha, get fucked, humans, die from the radiation. Um, and then the brigadier and Liz are like, okay, good job bluffing. And he's like, I wasn't bluffing. They're like, oh, fuck. Uh, so the leader guy is gonna fucking, the leader lizard is gonna stay behind so that everyone can sleep. And they'll have power for 50 years, so they'll be back. And then the doctor basically does a thing and fixes the reactor. And he goes back into the caves and the leader lizard sees him. But then the brigadier fucking shoots him. (laughs) The doctor wants to revive all of them one by one at a time to reason with them and learn all the science down here. The brigadier is like, "Mm, okay. And yeah, sure, Doctor. You just go get your equipment, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll keep. We'll we'll make sure everything's fine over and here. You no just go one get will go into in the thing and plant bombs. Don't, yeah. don't, yeah, worry. don't worry, Doctor. No one's going in that cave. The, yeah. Like 
we're, we're done in that cave. No one else is ever going to go in that cave. I can, I can wait, promise did I you say, that. Wait, did I say ever? I meant just like while you're gone. I, yeah. I, 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 I didn't say I was going to do, do anything. Uh, 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 look, uh, alien. Whoa. Hey, go get your <laughs> scientists. And they're like, okay, bye. And then the brig literally goes to his other soldier and goes, okay, blow it up. <laughs> so... All right, we can blow it up now. Mm-hmm. The the doctor has some car troubles on the side of the road, does some stuff, and then it ma- it works again. Um, and they get in the car to go get their stuff, and then they see some huge fucking explosions going off. And they're like, <gasps> murder, and then they drive off. Murder, and that's the episode. That's the that's entire the episode. episode. So, so real quick, um, I'm gonna reveal a whole heap of stuff right now um so in regards to the whole the doctor was correct originally the doctor was meant to just be saddened by um the the explosion and sort of just be sad and sort of be like oh i i guess that's it mm-hmm. um barry let's decided at the last minute to ch- change it so that the doctor would actually be disgusted at mm-hmm. the at the murder um because again the entire framing of the episode is that the doctor's point of view is correct um like yeah. he is absolutely disgusted by the way that the brigadier acts, and you can actually see that through the entirety of the episode. Where like the brigadier is like, "I want to do the military thing," and the doctor's like, "Can you for once like not go into a situation with your gun half cocked, please?" Yeah, like shooting everything is not always the solution, brigadier. Um, uh-huh. Which is why, which is why I find it weird when people sort of because a, a constant question that people always ask is uh is the doctor like what is what is the doctor like politically like mm-hmm. he, he is he a, a a symbol of the establishment or a symbol of anti-establishment um, well i mean and the he's answer to that basically just non-violent is what true. i feel the, the 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 answer given by cuz a lot of people have worked on the show of different different answers terence dix has always said the doctor is always on the side of the oppressed he is mm-hmm. always on the side of the oppressed he is never the oppressor um, and the point to him is that people who think that the Doctor is, uh, part of the establishment because he works for UNIT have either never watched these episodes or are taking them on surface value of, he works for the military, that means, like, he, like, everything the military does is his fault or he's, he's responsible in some way for it. It's like... Yeah. So much of these episodes is the Doctor trying to go around Unit to do the correct thing and stop Unit from just running in guns blazing. Like, that is the entire point of all of this, because he... He... Like, you see it in the previous episode, too, with General Scobie. Uh, a lot of the generals and uh, ministers of um, uh, defense that will come up in the show, whenever they talk to the Doctor, whenever he meets them, straight up, there it is confrontation he cannot stand them he cannot stand them because they are the generals that basically don't care about a peaceful situation they just want things wiped out because it's easier for them and makes them look good um so it's really important the way that this episode ends with the doctor sort of going like disgusted by it but acknowledging that he's lost this one like this, this one time he's lost against Unit. Like there, there might be a chance that the Silurians will come back and he'll be able to figure something out. But like this time he's lost against them. Um, mm. 
which is really good and important, and I like it. Um, how much did you hate this episode? <laughs> Five. Yeah. I'm very middle of the road. Like, I enjoyed that it was, like, kind of emotional and political and shit, but, like, a lot of things just annoyed me. That's fair. The um, noises alone annoyed the crap out of me. Unfortunately, the noises do happen a bit throughout this series. Um, yeah. Because noises are very easy to do stuff with. Mm-hmm. Um, I will... I, w- I will say that... Um, I think it gets a little bit better with the noises, but, um, I don't know. Uh, a lot of people have critics. Uh, one thing that I always think about is, like, with episodes this long, you sort of think about, okay, is it too long? Is it too many episodes? This one... I don't think this on one is. This on, on first thought, I want to say, yes, it is too long, but on second thought, it's like, it's not too long, because of the fact that long episodes like these weren't meant to be watched all at once. They were meant to be watched no. one episode a week. Um, yeah, no. And the, the flow of this one is that there is no episode where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. There is always something important happening in the episodes. And it's not like, oh, well, I guess he could have cut this. But it also kind of, what happens in this, feeds into the overall narrative that's going along. Um, that is kind of important to keep pushing. So yeah. it's like... It's not too long. Um, the and only thankfully... thing I feel like you could cut would maybe be the major, and like how he kind of goes crazy and like you could give the the giving the disease out to someone else. Basically, you True. don't need you, a lot. You could have you could have given it to like the director or let um let the the um the chief of security just go out instead of dying instantly from it sort of like make him the carrier um mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh the, like from maybe here... because the doctor's immune system or whatever like he doesn't realize he's sick right away up until like everybody else is getting sick around him mm. and like he's carried it out without like realizing it i don't know i don't know but yeah next uh Next episode is going to be a lot more interesting, um, in my opinion. Not subtext-wise, but sort of main story-wise. Yep. Um, It is very much a mystery. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Ambassadors of Death. Um, Get ready for some... uh, (laughs) uh, Space stuff. Some astronauts. Some death... Um, ambassadors of them, um, and, uh, get ready for the Doctor to yell a lot at people. <laughs> Yay. But, uh, yeah, so for, that's, that's the Silurians. Um, the Silurians do have a comeback in the new season, um, where they essentially remake this episode, but shorten it and punch it up a little bit in certain ways that I don't really agree with, but, um, whatever. Uh, but... Uh, the Silurians might come back in future. I'll never tell. Um, but, uh, yeah. Ambassadors of Death next week. Have- Yeah! Uh, enjoy. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.